welcome to the IDP show. I'm your host, Josh Schramer, joined in the Soad Shack this afternoon. On my right, Adam Markham. On my left, Bobby Reynolds. Gentlemen, how are we? Doing good, Josh. Pretty nervous. Lunchtime pod. Lunchtime pod. Yeah, it's uh, clearly something big's happening. Something big is happening, Bobby. I'm on my best behavior, Josh. You better be. This uh, you're you're on a short leash today. You're mm-hmm. on a short leash. I will mute your microphone without hesitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are not alone, gentlemen. We are not just doing a lunch pod. The three of us joining us in the virtual Soad Shack all the way from Las Vegas, Nevada. You know him from the Athletic Football Show. The silent count on Substack and one hell of a Twitch stream. It's Nate Tice. Nate, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Yeah, I, I'm all over the place where where my uh, credentials are. I think like the combine next week. It's like I don't even know. I have like three different credentials for three different companies that I'm with right now. So <laughs> there you go. It's gonna be. I'll add them to all to the collection. But I'm happy to be here and happy to, uh, to join join the shack as, as you guys like to put it. The Soad Shack, this is where many a beer has been crushed, many a yell has been unleashed, mm-hmm. and many an IDP has been discussed, Addy. Yeah, if these, if these walls could talk. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> we wouldn't want them saying much, that's for sure. I don't think we want we, that. We'd all be in jail, for yeah, sure. Yeah, we'd definitely all be in jail. Uh, well, Nate, it is so good to have you join us, my friend. Uh, we are going to be looking at one of our favorite topics for IDP, which is breakouts. Now, typically... When we look at breakouts, we are looking at a certain number of criteria, opportunity, uh, draft capital, team needs, especially this time of year. We want to make sure folks don't get replaced. And we're trying to identify who's going to make that leap in terms of IDP from irrelevance to relevance, from solid starter to superstar. But today we want to approach it a little bit differently, Nate. You are a film guy. If you haven't checked out Nate's Twitch streams, they're awesome. He does a fantastic job breaking down what he's seeing on film. So we're going to come at it a little bit differently and talk about some defensive breakouts that you like for 2022, Nate. But before we get into that, for those who haven't had a chance to catch one of your Twitch streams or hear your takes on the athletic football show, tell us a little bit about your background with football. What I really appreciate is you have taken a unique path to get where you are today, which I think gives you a really cool perspective on the game. So give our listeners a little bit of background on Nate Tice. Yeah. Uh, a unique path with a, a, a sprinkling of nepotism that has helped me out get to this point. <laughs> but I, yeah, but I, uh, I played, I played, played is a loose word, but I played at, at Wisconsin. I was a quarterback. I was my claim to fame. I was Russell Wilson's backup. Uh, and, and yeah, but I, I had a great experience. I learned under uh, Paul Chris and Brett Bielma. So I got a nice, nice little introduction to football outside of my dad. My dad was a longtime coach as well, uh, but I was a GA at Pitt. I ended up scouting with the Falcons uh, for a couple of years. I was a, an assistant coach for the Raiders for a couple of years. Um, we got grudenized. We got wiped out, and uh, I joined. <laughs> I joined the AAF for for about nine months before that went uh, went kaput. Uh, so that was a fun experience as well. But I ran the personnel side there and did some coaching stuff with them because that was all hands on deck. Uh, but the after that, I started had a lot of useless knowledge. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I was no, no longer associated with the team. So I started tweeting, and uh, that was a lot of fun. And I, I've gotten to know a lot, a lot in the Twitter community, the film community, the analytics community, the fantasy community, just everybody, draft community, and that's been a ton of fun for me. Um, but yeah, I just. 
I, I what's fun is how you introduced this because I've had a fancy background, you know, as most of us have probably since high school. And I know of IDP and stuff, and uh, but I've just never been in a league or anything. I finally got to join some dynasty league la- leagues last year, which was a lot of fun go. for me. Some best ball as well. I there I dabbled go. in yep. best ball, just just two leagues, just just get a taste, and yep. I I learned my lesson, learned learned some <laughs> lessons, but I you know didn't really get to take advantage of some other picks I had. Um, but I, what's fun about this, and I think is coming from a film background, but I'm open to other aspects of football watching or football con- cons- consumption is like doing this show right now is like you kind of find the Nick Swisher types, as I like to call them from Moneyball, yep. which is, you know, it's the guys that the analytics guys like, and it's also the, the scouts like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's a lot of fun when you pick everyone's brains and you kind of find you like them too. You like them too. No brainer. Like that's kind of, that's what you try to get to in this point. And I think that's, what's so fun about football is that there's a million ways to look at it. I just offer my perspective, my I've learned from a lot smarter people. It's a lot of osmosis. I like to call say I have a Forrest Gump life. I've like really <laughs> crossed paths with a lot more smarter and more famous people. And I just was like regurgitate what they say. And people are like, oh, that's good. So I just like consider myself the Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump of football Twitter. I think that's a good way to put it. I love it. I love it. And Addy, we're not going to get Nate's, uh, Nate's takes on the USFL startup draft, which is happening. We could. We could. <laughs> is that today? It's today. Yeah, it's today and tomorrow. So we could pivot to that at, a, at the drop of a hat, and I, I might just do it. But Nate was, of course, involved with some amazing Vikings teams. And as a Vikings fan, is there a question you perhaps want to ask Nate? So w- what time frame were we talking about? So I was around them from 96 to 05, but my dad was the coach 02 to 05, head coach 02 to 05. Yeah, well, I guess what, Randy Moss, what was he like to be around? Yeah, no, really good player, under, misunderstood in a lot of ways because he's a football genius, uh, but uh, would do a thing weekly that I, you'll never see a human being do in an athletic feat before. Um, my favorite Moss story is my dad canceled practice during camp because this is when they had two days. And so he canceled practice and he was like, we're having a pool party. So they, you know, we're at Mankato state. And I think now it's Minnesota state and Mankato, Minnesota division two school. And so we go to the little pool there and they have a diving competition. Each offensive lineman have to pick a guy, defensive lineman have to pick a guy. So they're all going off the high board. They're doing fun stuff. Randy was on the low board off to the side, just jumping, just doing his own stuff. And he did like a double backflip. Didn't even make like a little, doesn't even make a splash. (laughs) Wow. And my dad, my dad just goes, what is like, seriously, is there anything you can't do? And he like actually <laughs> thought about it. He's like, I can't play the piano. <laughs> and that's all he said. And he was dead serious. So I was like, wow, that you, you look at the world differently than I do. <laughs> seriously. That's amazing. That dude's a freak. I know Nate, I think you all have talked about before on the show. Dante Culpepper has, I believe one of the strongest arms I think I've ever seen. Like there was always yeah. the Mike Vick Nike commercial of him throwing out of the stadium. And we had some buddies in like high school was like, no, that's that's real. Mike Vick really did throw it out of the stadium. It but real. it was because you believe Mike Vick could actually do that. And I would put Culpepper on that same level of just like that guy had an absolute howitzer for an arm. And with, with, with Dante, too, it was like so like he was super accurate, like in his shorter throws. But it was the he threw the best deep ball I've ever seen like that. And it's, it's so it's that different type of arm strength kind of. Um, talk about this is so unrelated, but kind of related. Talk about like Zach Wilson last year coming out of the draft. It's that two different types of arm strength. There's throwing through a wall, mm-hmm. and then there's throwing it as far as you can. He could throw it further. He's up there with anybody, but he would just have, always have the perfect touch on it. 
Like it would just be 65 yards or 55 yards, 70 yards. It'd be absolutely incredible. But I, growing up, it was him and then Gus Farratt. And Gus Farratt could throw it like 75 yards too. And then our third string quarterback was Sean Hill, who could throw out 50, like on a good day. (laughs) So it would just be, yeah, just be cannon, cannon. And then just, okay, a little, you know, little pop gun like coming up right <laughs> at third straight. It made me feel better when I was in high school. It's like, okay, I'm more like that than these yeah. other two freaks. <laughs> this, yeah. These freaks. <laughs> I love it. Well, I know we could sit here and reminisce about Vikings days and uh, we just might do it, but I want to get into the main course here, Nate, and talk about some of these defensive guys that have really jumped out to you. I know, We're kind of in the thick right now of draft season. You've been doing, I think, a lot of prospect analysis, looking at guys, posting clips on Twitter. Uh, Real quick, is there anyone defensively coming up in this draft that has jumped out to you thus far? Oh, man. Uh, George Karloffis from Purdue, I really like. Um, It's kind of a it's a very interesting draft. There's not a lot of top six, seven talents. But there's a ton. I think everyone's saying this. Like now you see, you know, other Daniel Jeremiah tweeting it. That's not like anything like new that I'm bringing here. But there's a ton of talent between that 10 and 40 spots. Like yep. there's a lot more of those types of guys. Um, and then defensively, I'm just trying to think uh, the corners. Uh, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati mm-hmm. is a hell of a player. Um, I know Derek Klassen because he focuses on the front seven defensive guys. He really likes this guy Beavers. Um, I, I think he is from Cincinnati as well. I'm blanking on his first name right now. I do offensive skill guys. I could tell you about those dudes. Um, so this is all just, again, it's osmosis for me and maybe just guys I've kind of glanced at as I'm watching them. But it's not a great year to have the number one pick. I no, can tell you not. that much. <laughs> not a great year to have number two pick. Nope. Uh, but it, it's great to have the number four to 12, you know, yeah. in that range. Um, but there's uh, the safety to um, uh, Hamilton from Notre yeah, Dame. Kyle Hamilton it is, is also a freak of nature. Like he, it, safety is a weird position to me. I, I, this is probably a discussion I'll have with Robert on our podcast, but I might, might as well uh, get the rough draft going right here. There you go. Get, I love get it. Get some workout, a little workshop here mm-hmm. is uh, like safety is like, is becoming a more valuable position with how defenses are now and how much they have to do and how smart they have to be. But there's a dozen ish safeties that we consider good to very good right now in the NFL. So it's one of those is the replacement level high or is it worth getting an upgrade to like an elite guy? Like what's the value of getting an elite safety as because you could find a quote unquote good one fairly easy. And so that's, that's like a, it's something I'm just going to be kicking around all draft season because Hamilton is that type of talent where he might step in right away and be an elite player at his position fairly soon, but it's at safety. So it's okay. Yeah. How much do you value that? Which is going to be, I think a fun discussion through this all off season process. Yeah. To borrow a, a Robert Mays ism. Does he, does a safety flip the math for you? Yeah. Right. Like, yes. does he create that difference on, you know, the back end of your defense? I'm thinking of guys like Derwin James, you know, yeah. and what a Derwin James can do for your defense. So my answer, Bobby, would be yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that will be a fun discussion to uh, to have this offseason is what is the value of safety in a changing NFL landscape? It's kind of interesting, yeah. too. There's a mock that I see Kyle Hamilton going to Carolina, who just took Jeremy Chin two years wow. ago. Um I could see that. I could see that working out. Yeah, that would be fun. That defense is already loaded with young playmakers. So Dude, mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton, 6'4", 220, though. Dear he's Lord. a beast. That's a big yeah. man. Wow. A very big yeah. dude. 
If you're sitting there as the Jags or the Lions, Nate, and you're thinking, all right, let's go edge rusher. You go in Kayvon Thibodeau. You go in Aiden Hutchinson. I'm going Thibodeau. I, okay. That's been my gut instinct the whole time. And when I've glanced, I now what's nice is I've gotten early. Like I said before, I, I'm on offensive skill guys is we've gotten so early on it. Now I've been able to glance at other positions and kind of go. So like top 50 ish guys. So I at least can do a show like this and have a passing comment on each guy. Um, but yeah, I, I would go Thibodeau. Um, I think Hutchison is going to be a good player. He just doesn't have that upside or bend that I, I want to see. He almost has like a straight rod in his back, yeah. but I do think he's going to be a good run player, um, which, but then it's how much do you value that? Um, like, I think his, his upside, like if you, if it works out perfect, like it's star starter, you know, bust, bench like that's kind of like all these thresholds i think he's going to be more like a high-end starter as opposed to a true star maybe he gets a pro bowl or two on a good team yeah but like thibodeau all has that upside that's still the tap and i think some of this whole quote-unquote character stuff is just old scouts just yeah. you know not understanding modern athletes and understanding it's a whole new world out there yeah. so like i that doesn't concern me whatsoever with him and it's kind of one of those it's like what's the guy that we've always thought is good yeah let's just stick with that that was like anybody last year with like with the Trevor Lawrence stuff, it's like, don't try and get cute. Just no. <laughs> this guy is just guy's good. Let's just move on and, and let's assess other people. But yeah, I, I'm going with Thibodeau, but I do think they should go tackle. <laughs> but, I agree. Uh, and I'm, I'm a Charles cross guy from Mississippi state. Um, and not just cause I have him at plus 9,000 uh, for first pick odds, but for, <laughs> for other reasons too, I do. I do sure, like him sure. as a player. Do yeah. like him as a player overall. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going tackle as well. Protect the franchise, right? I mean, build Protect up that offense. Keep Trevor score 40 Lawrence. a game. Who cares? Exactly. Don't you give up? Yeah, that's yeah. how I look at it. Defense can yeah. come second. We learned that with yep. the Bengals. Build the offensive <laughs> core. You can figure out the defense later. Plug in some Trey Hendrickson's and some Shadobi Awuzie's, and off you go. Yeah, so, off you go. Right? It's that that's easy. Right. That's yeah. <laughs> if, it, every team should do it, right? It's it's an easy blueprint to follow, right? That or just do the Rams. Just trade all your first round picks for a bunch of stars. You know, you get a generational corner on the market. Yep. That happens every year, right? You can follow yep. that blueprint. You totally. Know, y'all kind of talked about it a little bit on your last pod, Nate. But, you know, that is kind of interesting. Here we are two years removed from the Bucks, kind of doing the same thing with, you can't really yeah. say Gronkowski because he was going to come with Brady anyways. But yeah. some older JPP, some older, you know, Shaq Barrett's not a young guy. Some older players. And bringing now, back JPP, bringing yeah. back Shaq Barrett, Levante David. And now the Rams kind of doing the same thing, saying, you know, Les Snead doesn't care about first and seconds. So let's go get... Von Miller, let's lock up Jalen Ramsey long-term. Let's keep AD happy. Let's bring in Matt Stafford. Let's not worry so much about these first and second round picks in the interim. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't work, you fall on your face and there's a lot of finger pointing in the offseason. But now you're the Rams and you're in Cabo again, celebrating with Stafford as opposed to, you know, trying to bring him in. And it's a a different world a year later. That's right. So, I mean, I guess my question would be, I mean, do you think this is something that we're going to see more teams start to replicate? I mean, is this going to become a kind of a common theme for the NFL? I think, well, with Brady signing with with the box and then the Stafford trade, I think, yes, the quarterback movement's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. I, quarterbacks, you treat like NBA stars because mm-hmm. uh, there's like in the NBA, there's what a dozen ish real stars, you know, maybe OK in the teens. Same with quarterbacks in the NFL, other positions. Okay, the the I'll get to that in a sec, but other position trades and stuff. But I think mm-hmm. quarterback movement is going to become, that's the new reality. Mm-hmm. Is quarterbacks, just like NBA players go, oh, I'm worth this? 
okay, like I'm not going to sit around for you to figure it out. The, you being the personnel and the, the head coach and all that. I'm just going to go where it's plug and play. Let's go, baby. Like, I think that's what's going to happen. And I think what the other, the flip side, or really not the flip side, the other part of this is other positions, namely the Von Miller trade and then the Ramsey trade a couple of years before is a more of a willingness to get these guys mid or early season Mm-hmm. Because I think some of these younger coaches realize this is the new NFL. Practice time doesn't matter as much. It's more meetings anyways. Practices have become really it's one day on Wednesday. And then the rest is like install stuff. That's like high paced warm, uh, not walk through, but like it's a run through yeah. no pads and everything. Camp isn't as important as it used to be. It's still important. But I think these younger coaches are more willing to like adapt and go like, okay, let's just get talent. We'll figure it out. Our, our, all the offenses and defenses, it's a copycat league. All right. It's not going to be that hard to translate getting Von Miller from the Broncos and getting him in our defense. Okay, we have to translate maybe a couple of things that we have tweaked and do all this, that. But I think it's just more of a willingness from these younger coaches and personnel guys and also the players that understand the world a little better. Like, I think that's really what we're seeing throughout it. So I think there's going to just be more player movement in general, but especially at quarterbacks, I think they're going to throw their weight around. We're seeing it right now with Russ and Aaron Rodgers, and, and I think we'll see more of it as the years go on. It's also super intelligent in McVay to understand that they were in a window. You know, yeah, AD's yeah. 30. Self-awareness. You know, I mean, yep. yeah. you're, know, in a, you're in a window, but you need something else to pry that window open yeah. just like another inch, right? Like golf was not going to keep that window propped open enough for you to have a real opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Well, and to kind of relate it to IDP or even Dynasty fantasy football, people always want to do a quote-unquote rebuild, you know, so that they're good for a long time. Well, McVay kind of threw that to the wind and said, you know, forget about this dynasty or forget about making us good for the next like three to four or five years. Let's go and understand the age that our players are right now. Stafford's an older quarterback cups, even older, honestly, and um, just make a run for it now. And it's a man to to be a Rams fan and to sit back a couple weeks removed from the Super Bowl and to kind of understand how the whole season went down. Um, Even with the offensive line, there's a bunch of weird offensive line talk we could get into as well, but um, just brilliant. It was, it was, it was brilliant. You, you, you become immortal when you win a Super Bowl yep. ring. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. become immortal when you have the best team on paper for mm-hmm. the next three or four years. So yeah. Yeah. I, I applaud McVay, like you said, Nate, for having the self-awareness to go, man, I went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff and we scored like fewer than 10 points. So I need something else to get us over the hump. If we're going to get back to this mountaintop. And if it works out, you look like a genius. Yeah. If it doesn't, maybe Sean McVay's parachuting into Monday Night Football right now. But it works out. Yeah, I think he was okay. Like, I think he was like, yeah, it doesn't work out, whatever. Yeah, he's going to (laughs) be fine. But it works out. And now you have the ring and also the validation for this sort of unorthodox, like as fantasy players, as Madden players, we can appreciate building teams this way. Yeah. But in terms of real life NFL, yeah, this is a bit of a wild swing for McVay to build yeah. a team like this. I think you- what well, I'm sorry, but no, yeah, go well, for like, it. like getting into like even I because I, it's it's fun to watch other leagues and see what the transitions they've gone through. You know, baseball is baseball, basketball is basketball, and not not everything's one to one. What you can take away, like baseball is an individual sport wrapped as a team sport. Like that's what it is. And basketball, there's one goal: it's always score the bucket. But like. The Danny Ainge Celtics and accumulating all those picks. And it was years and years. Everyone's like, oh, just wait until they hit that superstar. Just wait. You know, just wait to see what they do with it. Oh, my God. And then kind of fizzled out. Like, yeah, they ended up being nice. Jason Tatum. They went for Irving for a little bit or for Kyrie for a sec. Like, 
Yeah, but it was also the flip side of that is those picks have to be players at some point. And might as well, like with the Rams, it's you got to plant your foot and go at some point. You can't pitter patter around. You can't be like a running back dancing in the hole. It's like at some point you got to plant your foot and go, all right, this is our window, whether, you know, whether you want to or not. I mean, like as like Colts fans right now, yes, they're they're, there. It's like, and I love what those, yeah, so much stuff is like they do with the Colts. It's like, there's so much stuff that they do well. I, I like a lot how Chris Bauer looks at stuff. But you got to plant your foot at some point. Yep. And, and that's trash. what and, and like last year's offseason, I keep saying this on our podcast was last, last year was the year to get a quarterback. And I keep saying this. It's like lat, there's not. Oh, there's going to be another two quarterbacks in next year's draft. Last year's draft was ridiculous. The free agency period was ridiculous as far as who was available. And then now this year you see what the issue is. It's not you're not going to get these guys available all the time. So at some point as a team organizer, a team personnel guy. You have to plant your foot and go have awareness to go, hey, our division sucks or hey, our team's pretty good. Hey, Cooper Cup's older. Hey, Aaron Donald's getting older. We got to go right now. That's so, right. yeah, props to McVay and Les Snead for understanding that. And also yeah. in the NFL, I feel like there's so many teams that are not willing to do that, not willing to trade. Like nope. it's NBA, you know, trade deadlines usually bonkers. NFL, yep. it's pretty silent. Pretty much correct. So yes. for, for teams like the Rams, you know, I, I think that's a big advantage. Teams that are that are buyers and actually want to go spin picks because there's just not a lot of people out there willing to do it. It's and a poker table. Yep. Yep. And you're right, Nate, because Josh says this a lot as well, but it's all about a quarterback. It's all it about your quarterback, which just goes to show you, like, if Seattle is smart, they keep Russell Wilson. If Green Bay is intelligent, they don't let Aaron Rodgers go anywhere. Like, these these types of quarterbacks that get kind of, you know, squeamish and kind of, you know, talking funny about scrubbing their uh, whatever. Their what IG, Kyler yeah. Murray style. Or even the stuff that Rodgers did. Supposedly, I think he went on the um, – McAfee today and basically didn't say anything. Is that, what that I've makes heard. sense. There's some announcements so coming cleanse. this week. I yeah. guess he went through a body cleanse. That makes I, sense. I actually, I was glancing at that as <laughs> you guys were booting up the video. I was reading his body cleanse process. Oh, apparently God. that he went through. <laughs> Such I know. a troll. Body cleanse. Whole new in world. Everyone's yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is it. Rogers is going to say he's coming back or he's retiring, and it's like dissecting no. his pictures. Yeah, yeah. It's just just the worst. Um, that, <laughs> Colorado, yeah. that Colorado body cleanse is a little different. Yeah, yeah, all natural for sure. But yeah, as a Colts fan, Nate, you may not see me on this pod again if our upgrade is Jimmy Garoppolo or oh, Kirk man. Cousins oh, or boy. insert backup quarterback. You know, Marcus Mariota. No, thank you. It's like I I agree with what you and Robert said. It is time to hit the reset button with Carson Wentz. This was a playoff team that regressed to nine and eight and missed the playoffs and lost to the freaking Jags who had people dressed in clown outfits in the stands for God's sake. Like it could not have been a more nightmarish ending. So yes, let's turn the page, but what are you turning the page to? Mm -hmm. What is the next chapter look like in this book? Because it can get worse. It can get worse. So I don't know. I'm holding out hope for a a Derek Carr. I think that's really the only realistic upgrade for the Colts at this point. (laughs) If we're talking about Carr as an upgrade, that tells you how grim the situation has gotten in Indianapolis. And tell me the 2022 Colts are not any different than the 2021 Rams. Like y'all are just a quarterback away. Rogers, Rogers, y'all become like Super Bowl contenders. Super Bowl favorites probably Probably. if we land someone like Rogers. That's why I said it on the pod and Robert kind of got a little gun shy on it. I actually was shocked. I thought he'd be all over it. He loves hyping up the Colts. So it was, uh, but that's, I, that's what I feel about them is that they do a lot of things. Well, they're competing a lot of games. They uh, go toe to toe with the best teams. Like they yep. beat the crap out of the bills. Mm-hmm. And, and like, 
the Jaguars game notwithstanding. It's yeah, they can be frustrating, but guess what? When you have a good quarterback or a better, usually those games don't really happen because the quarterback just straight up doesn't let you get into those situations. Like, do you, how many times have the Chiefs had like a weird loss? It's more like, okay, it's more like, oh, they got to a shootout and some something happens. More like because Mahomes just wills them away from it because that's what a good quarterback does. It goes, yeah. yeah, we're not we're not getting into this rock fight. We're scoring 34. And then our de- hopefully our defense can keep them under 30. But that's what happens when you have a good quarterback. Uh, Mahomes allows you to get down, like, what was it, 28 to 3 to the Texans in the playoffs and come and back. Beat and beat by double digits. Exactly. Like, that's what yeah. a Mahomes, Not the Texans. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Texans. <laughs> but they, you know, it's a few years ago, so they were a little more competitive. But anyways, yeah, it will be fascinating this time of year with all the, you know, pending free agents and the quarterbacks yeah. on the moves and teams making moves before the draft. It's going to be fascinating, but let's take a look forward, Nate, and see based on looking back at 2021, let's project out for 2022 and look at some of these defensive guys that you are excited to talk about. And as we go through each one, we were talking a little bit before we got on air. So we've got an idea of some of the guys you're going to be teeing us up on, but we'll give the IDP take as well. Well, let's kick things off, Nate, with the first defensive breakout guy that you have seen based on your film watching. Get us going. I and I, it's so funny. I have these organized in just the most random way, <laughs> so great. it's not like it's perfect. It's like some are like like deep doldrum guys, and some are like, oh yeah, no, like master of the obvious. There's a there's a <laughs> saying, coach. You call you call a coach a coach Moo, and that means master of the obvious. It's like when someone's <laughs> like, man, he's fast. And it's like, thanks, coach. It's Coach Moo. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'll start with this one because I I want to. He's a guy I want to study because when I watch this Saints defense, I really. I liked what they did. I've been trying to sing Dennis Allen's praises as much as I can. He now he's the head coach, so okay, whatever. But uh, but as Pete Werner, the linebacker for for the Saints, um, first off, whenever you see a linebacker wearing a twenties number, it's like you know that blows your brain a little bit. Uh, that's what that's the new world that we're living in now. But um, throughout the season, I really thought he was an instinctive dude, but also very has some great athleticism to him. A lot, a lot surprising like how he can bend and make these yeah. tackles. Like I think he, him, like him and Davis together made a really fun linebacker pairing in new Orleans and it allowed them, the saints to only rush for a good amount of times. Like they were like a very traditional set defense as far as how they looked as far as front wise. So the linebackers had to play very traditional where they had to really read the game, stay off blocks, you know, beat the guy trying to climb to them. And I think Werner would did a great, great job of that, especially as a, as a young player. Um, he's somebody that I think can ascend even more. I mean, this is just his first year doing all this stuff. So I think he's another guy that's going to take another leap next year as it slows down for him. And maybe as it gets more of a load put on him as a player, because I think at times they had him um, um, not really the stacked middle linebacker. He'd be more of the weak side guy. Uh, but I really think he's a really nice player who can be disruptive. He's not just a tackle accumulator, but a guy that actually can get into the backfield and create some TFLs because he reads the game so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, we just did a redraft of the 2021 rookies on our last episode. And fellas, correct me if I'm wrong here. Pete Warner went inside the top five of rookie linebackers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was um, JOK. Yeah, it was Micah Parsons. Yeah. Micah Parsons, count. obviously, Micah the Parsons JOK. Won, yeah. JOK. Then it actually was Pete Warner. Was he three? No, no, I'm sorry. It was Zavin Collins, okay, three. Zavin, and then Pete three. Warner, and then Ernest, Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones. And then Jamie Davis. Another guy we know you're a big Ernest fan Jones of. Ernest Jones is a, yes, Ernest Jones had a 
freaking Super Bowl MVP type performance. Yes. <laughs> rewatching Truly. that one off film. That was my Twitch MVP when I rewatched that game. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? What Jones like, it wasn't just a couple plays. It was like the entire game he was doing stuff. No, that's a great listing. And I think I think Warner had a better year than Zayvon Collins did. They yes. the, yeah. the oh, Cardinal yeah. the Cardinals were trying to find a way to use Collins and he just wasn't making it easy on them. That's a uh, mm. It's an interesting situation there. Arizona just period. <laughs> just, yeah. oh. just their whole just their whole team and organization. It drove us nuts in IDP. Yeah, Steve Kime oh. coming out saying we've got what was it, Bobby? Two trees. Two tall trees in the middle of our defense. And to speak to that as well, Simmons is in the same boat. I mean, there were some yep. games later on in the season where there's a third or four string linebacker off the practice squad getting more playing time than him in pretty important weeks for the Cardinals as they were trying to make it to the playoffs. And um, I don't know, man. I don't know what the deal is out there in Arizona with these linebackers, yeah. but they're for IDP, they're becoming more and more they're frustrating. frustrating. They're but frustrating. I, will, I will say, Nate, that's a slam dunk on Werner. You know, your buy low window as far as IDP value is closing because people are starting to wise up to Werner. People are starting to understand the Saints cap dilemma of 70 whatever million dollars over. And there could be weird cuts like DeMario Davis could be on the yep. street. He could be cut. He would they would save it would only save him 500k, but when you're, you know, 72 million dollars over the cap, you got to make some drastic decisions. And Warner really a chair did. off the Titanic. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Warner's snaps were really weird last year too. Week four, uh, I'm sorry, week five, he saw 82 snaps. He saw 13 tackles that game. Wow. And then his only other game of real solid um, snaps, week 16 against Miami on 65 snaps, he had 10 solos nice. uh, or 10 combined. Um, but other than that, he just saw 16, 11, 25 snaps. So they were just kind of using him sparingly. Yeah, he was, he was sprinkled in. Yeah. But What's yeah. about Anquan Alexander for whatever reason? Yeah. You know, I don't know what he needed to be added to the mix for. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if, if you look at, if you look at PFF numbers, Pete Warner was the seventh best graded linebacker. Um, if, if when you're talking about minimum of a hundred snaps, so seventh overall, s- seventh best linebacker. Yeah. Really? Damn. Yeah. That's high. I didn't realize he was great. That even better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's matching up here. Yeah. Obviously limit, you know, only 394 total snaps, but yeah, Demario Davis. I mean, he's not getting any younger. You got to imagine yep. that he could potentially be out the door. He so could I be mean, traded if not cut. Yeah. Yep. I mean, as far as that's going to be a bad team, I'm afraid, but Pete Warner could put up some gaudy stat lines for, this IDP. could be a potential like, Back in top 12, dude. Oh, easy, easy. Yeah, I think he's one. Him and Ernest Jones are probably the two highest risers. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, Logan Wilson. Logan, Logan Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. But he was, yep. you know, I think he's kind of already risen. He's sure. he's, he's up there now. Yeah, these he's a guys, top 10 yeah. guy. Like Bobby said, the buy window for Pete Warner is right now, just in case we see Demario Davis on the move. Because yeah, it once, can only get better. Yeah, once, if Davis really is out the door, Warner becomes a screaming buy. So go get him right absolutely. now. Yeah, <laughs> I thousand percent agree with that. It's just I, it, that's what's so funny. It's like, yes, <laughs> even if I'm not in these <laughs> leagues, it's like, yeah, the, no, Ernest Jones. So I'm, I'm actually remiss that I didn't uh, didn't throw him in here because I just want to I want to dovetail that because, yes, because how he played when he was healthy, it's like he played like a vet. What did and, you what did you see in the Super Bowl night that kind of made you excited about Jones for next year? It was versatility, I think, is the best way to put it. Uh, they put a lot on the linebackers, just how they play defense with no, mm-hmm. not a lot of safeties coming down. Mm-hmm. So those safeties have to play the run. They have to play play action. They have to play side to side as far as if they run certain types of run schemes. He was athletic enough to handle all that. But also, he was very heady because they would have him in. The Rams like to run a uh, like a five down look with five guys across the line of scrimmage. 
Yeah. But they won't blitz. They'll blitz Jones sometimes, which he's actually a pretty good pass rusher, which is also a plus. But also he would have to drop out of it. And that's actually hard to do. You're at the line of scrimmage. Then you have to back up and be in coverage and be aware of what's passing across and by you. His eyes were great the entire time. And he got dist- he was able to disrupt plays in the passing game. You know, he was again hands on balls, but like like a two, three zone. Think of in basketball. He was just at least able to like, oh, shit, the quarterback has to you know find where he's going to go next with it. So he's able to like do run game stuff and pass game stuff and blitz stuff. So it's you're getting a little bit of a little bit of everything with him. And he, he looked like a very, very heady player, very smart, aware player, which usually is followed by tackles. So that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes me happy with with uh, Jones being a third round pick of the Rams with them using a third rounder on a linebacker. Even last year, it made you think, OK, yeah, they exactly. know something's wrong. Yeah, they like and them. It, and for like long term wise, like they don't have any more picks to go get anyone no. else. So he's he feel like he's pretty secure. Like mm-hmm. the guys that they know what they have right now, like those guys are going to be solid for another three four years because they're going to have to be frugal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we we've been chasing this dragon for a while, Bobby, because we saw what Corey Littleton did there. Went and signed a big deal with the Raiders off the back of that really breakout Ram season, and we've been searching for that next guy because we know this Rams linebacker spot can be profitable. So it was like, is it going to be? Um, Micah you know, Parsons or uh, Micah Parsons, Micah Kaiser, Micah Kaiser, who's now Kaiser. with the Broncos, Kenny is it, Young. Is, is it going to be Kenny Young? Young? Yeah, is it get going your reader. to be? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nate's favorite player, Troy. Get your reader. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, just so uh, <laughs> no. The answer is no. No, it is not going to be that guy. And it sounds like Ernest Jones may be the dude moving forward for the Rams, holding down that linebacker spot. Yeah, and then Fuller coming back from injury would be yep. like yeah. he's, a, he's a safety, but it's like he gets in a lot of tackles, just how they use oh, him. So please, dear God, a, I love Fuller so much. I do too. <laughs> he's, I love my smart, slow, smart, slow defensive players. I love yep. him, but that's the thing. He's so heady that it doesn't yep. matter what he runs because he's near the ball. Like that's it's in baseball. They you can usually find out who the best player is, who scores the most runs, because mm-hmm. that means they're on base a lot or they're getting home runs. And it's like same with kind of. Like when you're watching a guy on film and football, it's like, all right, he's near the ball. Mm-hmm. Like good players create their own luck. Yep. If that makes sense. Like they, a tip ball goes their way. They're in on a tackle. They're in an assisted tackle. It's kind of, yeah, there's garbage tackles for linebackers and all that, but it's like defensive players create their own luck. I've always been a big believer in that just because they're near the ball and they read the, read the game so well. Fuller's yeah. one of those. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. One of uh, two of our favorites right there uh, for the Rams defense, but yeah, Pete Warner, uh, we got Ernest Jones, Hit us with another one, Nate. Let's keep this train rolling. Okay. This is like a uh, a deep, deep. This is like a personal like one. I don't know how stat heavy he is, but I do think he's disruptive. And that's Justin Matabuke from the Ravens, the defense interior defense alignment. I thought this year would be more of a step up for him, but he did have a good year, but it wasn't really a statistically popping year. So I don't know how useful this is for you guys. Uh, But I do think with how the Ravens, their guys trajectory wise, they really get these guys and ease them into their third, fourth year. And then that's when you see the cop picks happen and all that fun stuff that we like to talk about how smart the Ravens are. They found another middle round defense alignment that now is someone else assigning for big money. That's what I think this guy can be in the, this year or and next year for the Ravens. Um, I think he's extremely disruptive. He's very, uh, I wouldn't say powerful, but explosive. And, and that he can shoot gaps and he really get onto guards and, and push them back. Um, he has Wyatt Teller's number for whatever reason. It's hilarious. <laughs> it, it's he goes against the Browns. He becomes a like this transform. He becomes Aaron Donald because he just has <laughs> Wyatt Teller's number just for whatever yep. reason. But I do think this guy could be a big TFL 
type of player. Um, maybe not a sack guy. He'll only be like a, he'll be like a three to five sack guy. But I think on rundowns and how they like to use him, he can be very very disruptive for him. And I think his playing time will only increase, which is how the Ravens do things on defense. They'll just get they'll let the older guys walk, and they'll get a new guy coming in. They'll draft some new guy in the third or fourth round, and then Metabuke will be their guy. And then they have a new guy that will replace him in a couple of years. That's kind of the chain that they do. Uh, but he's a guy that's more of a deep 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 deep. Yeah. 200th player on your list type of guy. <laughs> uh, but I'm a big fan of his. And I think he's, he'll break out sooner than later. I think you're a little bit right and wrong, Nate. So I think you're right. <laughs> in, I think you're right in that Matabuke, I think is a screaming by right now. And I think you're wrong. I think we could see some more sacks and hundred percent, some more TFLs this year. People forget not only was Baltimore's defense really bad, but it also put a ton of strain on that defensive line because yes. there was no, Marlon Humphreys, nor uh, Marcus Peters. That's right. So, you know, where you've got wide receivers out there running against, you know, two, three, four, uh, four string cornerbacks, um, you know, didn't give the line a whole lot of time. Shout out uh, Odafe Owe, Tyus Bowser, you know, Pat Queen, who we both, you know, we all kind of really like in. Uh, the pass rush type scheme, but yeah, man, Majibuke, he's a, he was fun last year. Uh, 36 combined for uh, 23 solos. He had uh, seven TFLs last year and nice. two sacks. So I think that is a deep dive for sure when it comes to IDP, but I think, um, I think you're right on with that. Yeah. That's Adam, what you gotta do like, with it. That's what you gotta yeah. do with that position. It's a, it's a position where there's not a lot of elite guys, not a lot of, you know, solid options week to week. So you got to do those deep dives and find little diamonds in the rough like mm-hmm. this. If you're looking at his, his player profile, uh, 4.8340. That was 93rd percentile. Oh he had 107.7 speed score. That was a that was 93rd percentile. 31 on the bench. Dude, 6'3, 293, uh, 33 and a half inch angry. arms. Yeah. yeah, but like the Incredible Hulk. And I mean, you're, uh, that's an that's a team that's also you know the aging guys are kind of getting out of the way. Like uh, Clayus Campbell should be out yeah. of there pretty soon. Justin Houston. Uh, he should be gone. So, I mean, these young these young guys, they got a real opportunity ahead of them. I don't like Wink Martindale gone to, uh, I think it was the Giants, um, yeah. their defensive line coach. I do like that for the Giants. That's great. But, um, yeah, man, that's a that's a good deep dive. That's, one, well, that's a name that we don't bring up a whole lot. It sounds like, Nate, we just need to look at the schedule in D-tackle required leagues, find when he plays yep. the Browns, and then fire yep. him up in that D-tackle spot. Fire him yeah. up. Yeah, twice a year you have him circled and starred yeah exactly he's like a racehorse when he goes to a certain track it's like okay mm-hmm. he's, he's going to san anita okay we'll get him right here <laughs> i love that because it really is defensive tackle is such a shallow position kind of like cornerback you have aaron donald you have deforest buckner you have jeffrey uh, simmons chris jones yeah christian barmore yeah christian who barmore. we'll talk more about here in just a sec but outside of that that leaves about half the teams in a 12 team league looking for defensive tackle plug and play guys every week. So Matabuke is a great guy to throw out because you get those. It sounds like there are opportunities for him to go nuclear and potentially win you a week. If he stacks, you know, a couple sacks and three or four tackles for loss. Christian Wilkins. Yeah. Another guy who's a nice defensive tackle option. I like Christian Wilkins. I think Matabuke could be a good Christian Wilkins. You know, we talk about how many, um, you know, tackles per game. Wilkins isn't really a sack guy, but um, stops the run really well.
Exciting news from our friends at Manscaped, who just launched their fourth generation performance package. This ultimate package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code IDPSHOW. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, it was worth the wait. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Sheesh! First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane, and dare I say, the greatest ball trimmer ever. Yeah, I said it. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multi function on off switch that can engage a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Oh, and did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, their crop preserver ball deodorant before leaving the house, and crop reviver ball toner for a mid-game ball check. Trust me when I say, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts, their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code IDPSHOW at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code IDPSHOW at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this past year, so treat them with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Josh Raymer here with the IDP Show, and I am so excited to share some big news with you all today. We are announcing a new project that has been a collaborative effort between the IDP Show, IDP Guys, and Dynasty Football Factory. It is the IDP Draft Kit. Now, whether you're new to IDP 
or you've been playing for decades, we could all use a little help once draft day rolls around. After all, the foundation we lay during the draft is what sets us up to win a championship or, if you're in a dynasty league, be a top contender for years to come. The IDP Draft Kit is the resource you need to dominate your drafts. We've got you covered with combined and positional rankings for both redraft and dynasty leagues. Now, this isn't a static draft resource either. It'll be updated throughout the offseason so you stay ahead of the curve. More of a do-your-own-research fantasy player? No problem. We've got top-level analysis from some of the brightest minds to help you identify opportunities for each of the 32 NFL defenses. If you've thought about trying IDP but were hesitant to take the plunge, don't worry. We're here to help guide you with an IDP starter kit plus our preferred scoring settings for a new league. It's everything you need to hit the ground running and absolutely flatten the IDP learning curve. Your road to IDP glory starts here. No more missing the playoffs or coming in second. All you need to do are follow these two simple steps. Step one, pre-order the IDP draft kit today. Step two, get ready to destroy your league mates. That's it. Once you have the IDP draft kit, you'll be so far ahead of your competition, they'll swear you're about to lap them. So what are you waiting for? Go to theidpdraftkit.com today to pre-order the IDP draft kit. When you use that link, you'll automatically get our early bird pricing applied. And our early bird pricing is 50% off the regular price. But don't delay because this pricing won't last forever. So, one more time, visit the IDPDraftKit.com and pre-order today. What's up, everybody? Josh here with the IDP show. Now, if you've been listening to our show for any amount of time, you've probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where league members get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. And the IDP show is making it happen for listeners. We've partnered up with RSO to offer new members 10% off their annual site fee. Just use promo code IDP show after your 14 day trial is complete. So what are you waiting for? With RSO, you have free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Like we said, it's the closest thing you can get to being an NFL general manager. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Just remember to use the promo code IDP show to get 10% off the site fee. Again, that's promo code IDP show to get 10% off the site fee for your leagues in 2022. Fantasy just got real with Reality Sports Online.
Yeah, let's go to the next one. Yeah, who you wait. got, Nate? Okay. I'm excited. This this list is awesome. Okay, appreciate it. It's, I, I've got it prepped it for you. Got you know, get you titillized <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, but uh, OA was another one I was going to mention, yes. and just for the reasons you guys mentioned too, and that's just a natural height, weight, speed guy in a good situation that they let him develop. And the second half of the year, he started the light bulb started kind of mm-hmm. coming on a little bit. But also he's hilarious to watch because like watching him run down like a screen is like the funniest thing because no human being should move that fast. Yeah. And the fact that Penn State had him and Parsons on the same front Dear God, and they got like yeah. and they got like four sacks out of them. But like, <laughs> but, like the, but those guys are running is. Yeah, it's on a whole nother level. But he's another one uh, as well. Um, another uh, linebacker that I think is he just has to stay healthy. This is a why you kind of skew the size and especially in the NFL is just really, it's a health thing is mm-hmm. smaller guys get hurt. It's just yep. kind of, it's, it's physics. It's just what it is. And this is guys, uh, he kind of, this is his detriment, but he is just a hell of a football player. And that's David long yep. uh, linebacker from Titans. I think just, he only played 10 games last year. I actually thought he played more. Um, but I, this guy is just, I think in a no brainer, good player. It's just that he's small. And that's, that's really all there is to say about it. It's like when he's healthy and he's playing, He's in a good situation. He plays with a line that keeps him clean and he can just read and react and run and just make tackles. He's just a tackle tackle machine because he recognizes the game so well. The Lamar, uh, the Ravens Titans playoff game during Lamar Jackson's MVP year, the big upset the Titans had David Long was like the defensive MVP during that game because and he was a rookie and he looked like he would play should be playing JV because he's so small. And there he was just running around, just making tackle after tackle. I don't think he's a new name for anybody, but I do think he's legitimate. I think it's one of those where it's, he's not just some guy that just came out of nowhere, a flash in the pan. I think this guy's a real football player. He's just small. And, uh, but yeah, he's another one, David Long. Yeah. It's been on our radar, Addy, for years now with David Long because kind of came out of nowhere a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Last year had some really great performances for IDP managers. He's one of those that falls into the camp of don't forget about this guy because you have an interesting linebacker room there in Tennessee with Jayon Brown, probably on a new team for 2022. Zach Cunningham, what's going to happen there with the former Texans linebacker? Is he going to stick around? You know, it, it seems like David Long, who's under contract for next season could have a significant role moving forward with this Titans team. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he's the best linebacker they have there. I mean, you look at what he did production-wise, uh, weeks five through nine, he averaged 17.2 points per game. So that's like linebacker. That's elite linebacker. That's top one, five yeah. for IDP probably. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, if that's the it's case. Help. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah, truly. And that's sort of that linebacking core in general for the Titans has just been snake bit because you have Jayon Brown, another talented player that just could not stay on the field. And then you have David Long, same thing. So you got Monty Rice there. We'll see what he is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I think David Long is the guy going forward there. He's the one I have the most confidence in Yeah, because he's the one I, I feel is most likely to be on this roster come it, opening day. It is always a scary time though, you know, this time of year, right before free agency when they can bring somebody in. This is a, you know, he's a former six round pick. So, I mean, the draft capital is not high. You never know. The, tra- but, the trap door could open beneath yeah. his feet at any time. And David Long could be gone. 5'11", 227, about my size. Wow. 5'11". <laughs> yeah. That's exactly your size. Yeah, it yeah. is. 38 bench press, <laughs> about mine. I got 40 up. There you go. Oh, he, nice. And he'll take guys on. It's hilarious. Like he he plays like he, he acts like he's 270. 
And so, it's like, it's, a, it's like, hey, understand that you're small, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, we want, just, just want to keep you on the take field. Take it easy. Yeah, you're take better if you're on the field, right? Yeah. yeah, t- yeah. Take it easy. Yeah, take it easy. <laughs> hey, so uh, peek behind the curtain for you, Nate. So IDP-wise, what did we say? Uh, what's Longworth right now, picks-wise? Oh, probably. He hasn't been too high in my ranks just because. Um, I'm going to pull him up. Well, value-wise. I don't think a lot of people value him very, you know, very so highly. fourth? I think he's like a third or a fourth round yeah, pick. that sounds about right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think, um, if, for me. <laughs> yeah, if, if I'm fine buying low on this now, like mm-hmm. you, like Adam said, don't go overpaying for a David long no. because there could be the trap door waiting come the NFL draft or even in free agency. Uh, I think this is a Titans defense that still needs a little bit of juice. So um, shout out to the IDP show on, uh, on our sub stack, go subscribe to the newsletter. That's right. But me and Adam have a uh, IDP draft trade chart out there where it goes and shows how much we think all these players are valued at per picks. I have long at a fifth. You have him at a third. Oh, oh wow. Oh, so you like him a little more than you're admitted. Pod. Me and Nate. The boys. Right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. So David Long, you know, we got a thumbs up on that one, Nate. Who's thumbs your next up. guy? Next one is uh, a fun Swiss Army knife player that has been really fun to watch, and that's Kyle Duggar. Uh, uh, def- I would just say defensive back yes, <laughs> for, right? for the Patriots. Um, man, this guy is that was a revelation watching him. Uh, really, there, there's a reason Belichick tabbed him from coming from where he came in college and taking him in the second round. You know, it's not like he's some fifth, sixth rounder. Uh, he really likes this guy. And you can tell they're really easing him into adding to his versatility, having a more have slot and in the box plays. I don't think there was too much of that, but you could tell they just had a couple of those, just kind of like easing him into, uh, into those types of roles. Cause that's what Belichick likes. He likes to have DBs on the field and likes to move them all around and have guys in the slot, have double teams working, have guy in the box, he likes those kind of a 210, 225 type safeties in the, in those roles, which I think more and more NFL teams are doing. But Duggar, having said all that, also a good cover guy, great tackler, uh, which is the number one thing too. But also just when I say he's around the ball, like he just in simple stats, like he had plenty of deflections as well as a few interceptions as well. Um, he's a fast guy. Like he actually do something with those interceptions as well. Um, but I just think a guy that just does shit, that's the best way I could put him. He's like, Andre Karolinko, he just does shit. Like he, <laughs> he just, he just has like these guys just will have like six tackles, a, a, a TFL. He didn't have too many TFLs, but like a TFL, and then just maybe a, a pass deflection. He's just around the ball, and I think his role is only going to increase. He's only entering his third year. I know he's going to be older. I think he's yeah, he's twenty six next year. He's an older type player, but that's coming from his background. It's weird. He's a developmental old player just because yeah. of his background. And he's in the best place to get that teaching with his Bill Belichick. I think his role is only going to increase. And I think he's just going to become more and more of a tangibly good, good player that people recognize. Andre Karolinko. Is that AK 47 who had that the, oh, yeah. That yeah. The ESPN story about his wife? Let, let him cheat yes. on her once a year. <laughs> mm. wow. I'll never yes. forget that story. That was the wildest <laughs> ass ESPN story I've ever yeah. seen. And they say like totally straight face. Like, it yeah, was just like some like, factoid like chicken. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wife, wife is okay with once a year adultery, but he's like, yeah. I've never used that pass before. And he's like, used ah, it. He's sure, used sure. It. That's what you're saying for the for the magazine story, Addy. I think Kyle Duggar's story is a story in two parts thus far in terms of IDP relevance. You saw the second round draft pick, like Nate said, Lenore Ryan. I remember thinking, 
did Belichick turn in the right draft card? Did he mean to turn this one in in like the fifth round? So that should have been a flag of Belichick likes this guy, likes him enough to probably, according to most analysts, overdraft Duggar in the second round. Chapter two of this story was, like Nate said, we saw Belichick trust Duggar more and more, move him around the field and use him in different ways. I think we, do we have the alignment data to oh, kind yeah, of man. back to, it up here? Yeah, to speak to that. Um, so 82.6% of his snaps came at the line, in the box, or in the slot. Wow, so that's sweet spot. That's yes, yeah, we call that the sweet spot, Nate. So we're looking for those those lot those snaps, those defensive line box slot snaps because uh, they're closer to the line of scrimmage. When you're Makes closer, when closer to the line of scrimmage, you can do more things in the backfield. You can get more tackles typically closer to the ball, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, Kyle Duggar, I mean, just a perfect piece for someone like Belichick. Um, but yeah, you're also right. I mean, he's he still has a chance to play. He only played 734 snaps this year. So, I mean, he had the chance to play even more Wow, uh, going forward. That could tick up closer to maybe like 1,000 this year, potentially. Yeah, but him and – I also love uh, Adrian Phillips there. I think Kyle yes. Duggar and Adrian Phillips, that's yep. got to be just so much fun for Belichick. To, yes, to, to be able to, to, to deploy to, those guys. Yeah. yeah, Bobby, there's not a lot of IDP-relevant pieces from this Patriots defense. We'll talk a little mm-hmm. more about Barmore here in just a bit. But Duggar might be, is he the most attractive piece for you on this Patriots defense? Oh, 100%. Yeah. But I I don't know. I think, I mean, when you're talking about turning in the, you know, ticket for Lenore Ryan, D-back, and it's like, you sure you got that right? Like, I'm pretty sure I could probably put up 50 combined for (laughs) Belichick. Like, he could probably tell me, like, hey, Bobby, this is you where would have you need to be. You in the right you way. Have, I could sure. definitely do it. I could definitely bones. do it, Josh. You're not talking me <laughs> off of this one. Hey, so another thing that's interesting, um, shout out to one of our favorite uh, listeners and uh, best friends, PFF Macri. But so in the IDP world, Nate, uh, Duggar is ultimately valuable because we've also talked about the sweet spot snaps, um, you know, sitting there just on the line, ready to make a tackle, but he's listed as a cornerback still in RSO. Is he really? Essentially playing a linebacker oh my role. Gosh. Yeah. So yeah. Positional, that's why I said, D, yeah. that's why I said DB. Yes. <laughs> Dude had four interceptions last year. Wow. Know that? Did not know that. That's so that's another yeah. kind of cheat code possibility. Nate is with guys like Duggar. If he's lined up his safety, he's still valuable. But if you can get a dude who's playing in the box, on the line, in the slot as your cornerback, that makes him infinitely more valuable as a CB than as a safety. So I love that pick. You want to keep it in uh, the New England area and talk about Christian Barmore next? I mean, we can. I, I didn't have him on my list, but I would love to talk about Christian Barmore. <laughs> well, Bobby, you uh, just acquired Christian Barmore. So why don't you hit us with your take on why you like the defensive tackle from the Patriots? Well, I also love listening to Greg Rosenthal, and he has talked about uh, Christian Barmore throughout the year and, and just, you know, how hype he has gotten on him. And, and the pressures from Christian Barmore, even though they didn't um, result in a lot of sacks last year, the pressures were there. And, hey, we love pressures around here. Um, but more so the reason I acquired him is because pre and post Super Bowl, I'm over here sweating to death about the possibility of my defensive tackle, Aaron Donald, Aaron retiring. Donald retiring. Yeah. So I was trying to prepare for a post Aaron Donald world is what that, what that boiled down. There's to. no preparing for that. <laughs> that's, you know that's, this. that's infinite sadness. So, no, uh, Barbar is a, a, a barroom brawler. Like yeah. he is, he's, he's such a fun player. So I'm, I'm glad I, 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 
makes sense that Greg likes him as well because of being a Patriots guy. But it's no, he's another like that Patriots defense. It was different than um, maybe once in the past. We're usually in the past. You're like, OK, these guys can play anywhere else. Like they mm-hmm. only could play in New England for this system with this type of way. Like Barmore is a guy that's like, nah, this guy's a good football player <laughs> and he's just a wrecker and it's just a big body and like just plays mean. And yeah, so I I yeah, that's another guy I other thing with him too, really did not come onto my scene, like really watching him until they played the Cowboys. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, Cowboys week six. Yeah, that makes that game's like burned in my brain because that's when <laughs> Dak also popped his calf on the last throw oh, of the yeah. game. It was yep. a touchdown and it like ruined my MVP bet for him. So, uh, but it's, uh, but anyways, but Barmore though, is just like, yeah, he, he's only going to get better. He's playing as a rookie. That's a position guys really ascend because mm-hmm. they really figure out NFL blocking and figure out what, how, where the double teams come from, which schemes that they really have to worry about week in, week out. So he's only going to ascend uh, as a player. And the fact that he's playing that many reps at three, he, he's listed what, 310? He's probably more like 320 and change. Yep. And he's playing over 50% of the snaps on a lot in a lot of their games. That's saying something. That's saying that like they trust that when he can get after the passer, he can push the pocket. He's not just a strictly first, second down, heavy personnel type of guy. So I, I think that's a that's a great name to throw out there because he's a good player. We have this theory, Nate, that uh, Adam came up with this. It's grown ass man strength. Yeah. And we like to apply this for defensive linemen and say that they age like fine wine because yep. you don't lose strength. I heard Mitchell Schwartz say this on the pod with Robert that you can lose speed, you can lose burst, but you don't lose strength. And so the yep. reason that we like someone like a Christian Barmore uh, and the reason you see these guys, they don't start high and then just kind of plateau and level off as their career goes. They actually level up year over yep. year is because, like you said, they figure out the NFL game and that thing that makes them dominant, that strength does not go away. So Barmo Barmore, I think, should age very well as he goes along. Yes. No, I, he's a good player. He really is. I know it's scary that Bill Belichick at 70 something years old is getting all these young players. <laughs> he's going yeah. for another decade. <laughs> he's 22. He's still just 22. Is he 22? Yeah. Wow. So imagine yeah. this guy now three, you know, three years from now when he's 25 and he's Got that many Hopefully he has a kid his, or two. Yeah. Well, to add, <laughs> add on some dad strength. Yeah. On top oh, of you add dad yeah. strength yeah. and the grown ass man strength. It's a whole other yeah. thing. Yeah. Nate. Then you're a superhero. Cheat code. <laughs> hey, so it's a, yeah, it's a real cheat code. So IDP right now, you want Jeffrey Simmons or Barmore? Oh, that's close. Uh, so in my ranks, I have uh, probably Simmons, but it's close. I have Simmons ranked ahead. Uh, Simmons is my interior defensive lineman. Three Barmore's six. Yeah. That Barmore, feels about right. Barmore's probably going to rack up more tackles than sacks. And Simmons had a lot of sacks last mm-hmm. year. Six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, it's it's a Patriots defense where yeah. Bill, I mean, even though as great as Barmore is, Bill will be weird week to week and not playing 50% of the snaps or whatever. Oh, Same with Doug. So, yeah, if there's ever a coach that does not care about your fantasy team, yeah. it is Bill Belichick. So mm-hmm. we get screwed doubly on that because we have his defensive guys as well. So, Nate, who is the next guy on your list? Next one isn't really, I'm not, it's not news to anybody that this guy's a good player, but I just think he'll take an ascent and the spotlight. And I do think he takes that kind of next half step and being like, Oh, you're a true superstar. And that's Brian Burns yep. edge for, for edge for the Panthers. Um, this guy's a pro bowler. So obviously people know about him. Uh, you know, it's not some guy that I'm throwing out of nowhere. It's like, wow, this guy's a decent player. But I think what, what's going to happen with Brian Burns, another young player that came into the league young 
and skinny as all get out and now is really like growing into his frame. We're talking about grown man strength. Like this guy is now getting that and it's scary uh, how how dangerous this player can be. But I think Brian Burns is going to take a turn as a superstar this next year. I thought it would come into this year. No one really wanted to talk about the Panthers other than what a joke they are. So I don't think he got that shine that a lot of their defense really is fun. Like they do have some fun players and just how they played was really cool. But I think Brian Burns will take that next step next year as a true, true dominant type of uh, DN. That's where it's like, wow, everyone needs to chip help them. Like we talked about some of the other better ones in the league. Yeah, it seems like, Addy, we may be reaching a point where Brian Burns is going to join the conversation with the Miles Garrett's, the Nick Bosa's of the world is like, this is the top three, top four edge rusher in the NFL that even casual fans know about, let alone IDP managers. Yeah, I think so. He just, he just hadn't had the big sack numbers yet. I think yeah. what nice nine is his career high so far, but yeah, I mean, I I'm with you. I mean, I have him as my edge four. he's so he's yeah. right behind T uh, right behind miles Garrett right in front of chase young. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brian Burns still, he's 24 years old. Um, he's kind of like, you know, how people say like Keenan Allen will like cross people up on routes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brian Burns does the same thing to these offensive linemen. He just makes them look just, just dumb, just silly. <laughs> like he, yeah. he is he, the the power is getting there, but his speed and just like yeah, he, he's he's uh he's going to be hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nate, we were laughing before we got on air here that when you all did the non QB draft last year for the Athletic Football Show, that uh, Robert Mays may have done you dirty and taken Brian Burns ahead of you. He swooped him right up. It was uh, it was him, and there's one other guy he swooped up. I, I really want to know now, but it's yeah. There's two guys I knew he picked them just because because he knew I would probably swoop them up as well. Then I got him back though, and got Justin Fields in the quarterback draft. So I, uh, <laughs> I I I was pretty happy about that one right before he was about to pick him. So I don't know. I think that's a good tit for tat a little bit. Yeah, just sniper shots everywhere. Yeah. I yeah, it. it's our it's our Midwestern passive aggressiveness that we're just like having it, <laughs> getting after each other with that. You're being you're being polite, but still being very aggressive. As, about as we're it. smiling, going great pick, great pick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bobo, I don't think uh, yeah much needs to be said IDP wise about yeah. Brian Burns. This guy is already elite in terms of edge rusher options. Uh, where where does he fall in your pecking order right now, Bob? Is he top five, top six for you in dynasty ranks? Um, I just love his youth. I love how old he is. Yeah. He's still ascending. You know, we're kind of talking about guys that, you know, kind of like Pete Warner, you want to get them before they get there because then they're going to be IDP value wise, a first plus. Yeah. Very expensive. And Burns is to me in that category already. We've already seen it enough. Seven and a half sacks in 19, nine and 20, and then nine again in 21. It would not surprise me at all to see 15 sacks double digit it's coming it's coming this defense like you said nate is on the way up they have guys at every level that are those sort of blue chip type of talents you have Mm -hmm. Derek brown you got a brian burns you had even hassan reddick coming in and playing much better than this table expected in 2021 hey 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 hey! i didn't okay i saw it i saw it coming (laughs) you put that on me you had shaq thompson making the change to the single single digit number which just somehow made him faster i don't know this this also feels like shocking isn't it (laughs) it really is yeah i i would always say my my freshman year i went to ucf and uh before i transferred to wisconsin and so i was on the scout team i wore 16 but my number was always 12 and whenever I got to wear 12, 
for that week, I always had a better week. And I, I was convinced. Right. It was like, it was just the jersey number. So I, I get it. When these players say, hey, I'm better in a single digit, it's like, I get it. I get, I get it. it. Yep. I Makes think sense. it should be something that's taken away from you. Like some of Isaiah Simmons' games last year, they're like, you know what? Give us give us that oh, yeah. back. You're going back to 48. Yeah. You're, you're going, you'll earn the You're going to digit. 54. Yeah. You're going with a really slow linebacker number until you prove yourself. Yeah. You ain't earned a right. <laughs> to have so a only, nine, only nine of these. Yeah, that's right. The trippiest guys get those, and you ain't on that list right now i love that <laughs> oh so brian burns nate you're, you're speaking our love language right now yeah. who is the next guy you got another one hopefully this one isn't a top five pick that i'm saying as a tout <laughs> uh i'm just giving you guys chalk right now but I, I i really like this guy uh he came in really came on the second half of the year and that's Rashawn gary of uh, yes. the packers um i think this is one of those it's gonna catch up like where people are like oh he's actually pretty good he's really Another guy that grew into his frame. I don't think that's the best way to put it, but learn how to use his strength. I think is a yes. better way to use it and understands what he is. Like he's not going to be Burns is a freak as far as he can bend at his length. And now he's adding strength to it. Like Burns is just one of those 0.01 percentile athletes. Gary has a little more normal to him. He's still a freak athlete. Don't get me wrong, but he has a little more normal to him as far as arms and all that, but he's learning to use it all. And it's becoming a very, very interesting package. And I think now with how their defense is, if they get more help in the middle in this year's draft, I think they have they have a lot. They're light like that defensive front for the Packers is very light. Um, I really like Kenny Clark. He's more of a brawler, a pusher, um, as opposed to a plugger that takes on double teams. And when you don't have that type of guy that can help that out, it makes the other positions have to be more stout. Um, I think that's what it's kind of like they had too much of the samey type of guy. So I think Gary, though is he's figuring it out. I think the role is going to increase. I think just obviously um, uh, his playing time and all that, but also just how he's understanding how he's winning now. Like he's, I think he's going to have like a big breakout year this next year. I, I think, I think he really is, especially on the national scene where everyone's like, Oh, well, another young player that Aaron Rodgers could complain about that. He doesn't have any help around on his team, <laughs> but there's a, there's another guy that's a young 20 something pro bowler on the defense. Like, you know, but I think Gary really will sense that role. Yeah, he's a good, good player. Um, I'm really he's one of the guys I've tabbed. I'm going to study this offseason just to which is which I wish I would have done before I did this show. But right now, <laughs> but right now I'm preemptively saying that I'll I'll like him after I study him. It's, yeah, this, he, the dude. Yeah, this dude is burst onto the scene, Addy. I was just going to set you up there as like he's still somehow underrated, even though he he had the breakout that we were waiting for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's, I think it's just because everyone's so used to like Zedaria Smith, the Smith bros, the Smith bros. Yeah. That's right. No one was ready for, and also Rashawn Gary, there was reports of him being a knucklehead when he first came out. Right. He was, he kind of had some issues, I think character wise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, as far as pressures go, he was third in pressures with 81 third uh, in the league, third in the league. Yeah. Wow. His pressure, his pressure wow. rate, 17 and a half percent pressure rate. That was actually tops among all edge rushers and defensive uh, interior defensive linemen. So um, also 26% pass rush win percentage. So it's winning 26% of his reps. Wow. Um, and he's yeah, 24. And he's yeah. 24. Exactly. And it's just starting to click, right? So uh, when Nate says that this is a player I expect to send even further, that's like music for the IDP manager's ears right there. Yeah. I mean, we even saw him. He, he took a nice little leap this year. I mean, he went from averaging yeah. seven points per game in uh, 2020. He averaged 12 points per game. That's nice. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think that uh, he seems like someone's going to be around for a while for, for IDP. Who had more sacks in 2021? Uh, Rashawn Gary or Brian Burns? 
Probably Rashawn Gary. Probably is it Gary? Half sack yeah. more. Wow. Nine and a half to nine. Dang. People are sleeping. Yeah. The quietest and he, nine and a half. Like right? no one has yeah. talked about him. And he's playing for the Packers. It's not like he's playing for the Jags. Right. You know, yeah. it's like that's that's what's shocking to me. It's like not enough people are I don't think it's clicked for people yet. I love his TFLs increasing too. Three in nineteen, five in twenty, and then eight in twenty twenty one. Um, to increase his sacks, two in 19, five in 20, and then nine and a half last year. I love it. And it's probably like we're probably slowly living in a post uh, Smith Brothers world. You yeah. know, Preston Smith was pretty bad last year. Zedarius with the neck fusion or back thing, whatever that whole back situation stuff, was. Yeah. But um, yeah, love Gary. Yeah, yeah Adam, Adam hit t- 28 QB hits last year, too. Like, wow. Like, so yeah, nine and a half sacks, but 28 QB hits. Like, he's. Yeah, it's it's coming. <laughs> he's a real he's a real deal player, and uh, they they have another player on the back end of the defense, Nate. That I know you're a uh, fan of as well. I am. I, I'm a big fan of Darnell Savage. I also really just think in general the Packers might put together one of the the best defensive backfields uh, with Jair Alexander as well coming back finally from injury, and also their first round pick last year in Eric Stokes. I think Stokes had some flashes uh, where it's like, oh, you're you might be like real good, <laughs> which is insane to have not just one, but two rookie contract corners. Jair, they'll have to do some stuff because it's fifth year and all that. But also on the their DBs, Amos and Savage is one of my favorite pairings of safeties in this league. And talking about safe, we talked about Hamilton earlier, um, Kyle Hamilton from Kyle Hamilton, uh, Hamilton from uh, from Notre Dame is with these safeties having to do so much. How the Packers use their guys, Amos and Savage, is kind of funny. Like Amos is more the heady physical one, and Savage is more the springy, deep mm. post safety. So he's not around the ball a lot. So that's why stat-wise, it doesn't really flash as much for him, or it doesn't come up. So that's why in IDP, he's an interesting guy. But like an eye test, he was more of a height, weight, speed athlete. And last year or two years ago, Going into last year, I really thought, oh, this guy's going to ascend and people are going to really know him. He did have a good year, but it wasn't that star-making year. And that's just because how they play. He's more of the safety valve, more of the yep. deep guy because he's so rangy, but that leads to less tackles. And But also made me appreciate Adrian Amos more, who I think is a really, really good football player, who's another one that's kind of like somehow underrated in a way. I don't know. It's it's weird with these players. Like some of them, it's like, I don't know why we don't talk about some guys and why we know of all the other guys. I'm acting like Rashawn Gary is some like unheralded guy. He's a first round pick from a big school. <laughs> yeah. Plays for the Packers. He had nine and a half sacks. And it's like, yeah, people, you t- bring up Rashawn Gary. Most people are like, who? And it's like, yeah. how, how, how does that happen? But Amos and Savage is a really fun pairing, but I just love Savage more in a real football context because I do think he's going to just keep getting better and better as his feel for the game, as he he's able to recover. It's like a, a quarterback with really good arm strength where they don't have to be perfectly on time so they can, but they can still whip it in there. Savage is so athletic. He doesn't have to pull the trigger as quick as other safeties do, but now he is, which is scary, which is like, Oh my God, you're that fast and physical. And now you're, it's starting to come together mentally. So I think he's a guy that's just going to continue to ascend but in an IDP sense, I don't know if that's good or not because just how they play, where he's not going to be around the ball, getting uh, accumulating those stats. Yeah, that's such a great point, Addy. Is there? I mean, there have there can't be that many defensive back kind of quartets in the league that are stronger than the Packers with Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, 
Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes. That's really good. Yeah, we'd uh, we'd have to run through them all. Mm-hmm. How much time you got, Nate? You want to? <laughs> yeah. Let's list them out. One to thirty-two. But uh, no, Bobby. I think the point here that's important that Nate mentioned was Savage is one of those. It, it falls into this weird gray area for IDP of like Savage is a great NFL player, mm-hmm. but being that deep safety valve. As Nate mentioned, he's not going to be the best asset for IDP because he's not around the ball as much. Even the same with old famous Amos, you know, in games where he didn't have a big play, which are pretty few, you know, an INT or something, just kind of a very meddling uh, IDP stat producer. Now out there, you know, as far as coverage and as far as, you know, making great plays, um, they're both pretty elite in that category. But as far as IDP value, at least, you know, going into 2022, they're both probably safety threes. Yeah, I was going to say Amos finished in our league as safety 26. Okay. So like a really high That's, end, like safety three. That's fine. Which is nice. He's a, yeah. he's a rotational piece. Backup. Yeah. yeah. Bye week, fill in. Perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. Savage is just big play dependent because, you know, like yeah. we mentioned, 713 of his 1037 snaps were played at free safety. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's their, he's their deep safety, that, that yeah. safety valve. So yeah, it's going to be hard to, you're going to, you're going to need interceptions and stuff like that, you know, to be productive for IDP. Love it. it makes well, total this, sense. Yeah. But this is what, that's why we wanted to have this conversation is because it helps illuminate a lot of different things about IDP guys like Rashawn Gary that we love that is it, is this actually because he's a good player? Yes. Or is it just because he's a stat a stat sheet stuffer? And then someone like Darnell Savage is a great case study of, okay, this dude is an awesome NFL player, not the best for IDP because of how players have to rack up stats for defense. So speaking of big play dependent, Nate, I think you have a couple cornerbacks for us as well. Yeah. The uh, the one that I think everyone else is on the on this one now, this train is A.J. Terrell, who yeah. I think is everyone's favorite hipster corner now. <laughs> and uh, uh, but no, I, I just really realistically, though, he is a, a fantastic player like he I think this next year is we like, honestly, he is a top three corner in the league and how they use him is interesting just because they, they once they keep him on the same side. They run cover two a good chunk just because of what um, Dean Peace likes to run. And they'll run kind of like simulated pressures where they run cover two behind it. But when he is asked to run the slot, when he's asked to man a guy up, when he's asked to do real corner things, there's really not many better <laughs> in the entire league. And this is a guy that's just in the second year. And corner is an incredibly hard position. It, it It's it's such it's a brutal position. And that's why and guys like life, like being relevant, sometimes it's only like three years. And the fact yep. that this guy should be an all pro, like really should have been an all pro this year, maybe second team guy in his second season is ridiculous. So I think it's just, it's, he's the truth. Like as far as like what you've kind of hearing, he's not just some favorite pick where someone wants to sound smart, even though they will sound smart if they say AJ Terrell's good. Uh, but I do think he's really going to ascend uh, this next year as well. And maybe if they loosen up how they use him and maybe have him travel with guys, maybe if they have him in the slot, uh, cause he can do it. That's how good he is. Um, the other one, and again, this is a top 10 pick. So I'm not really like <laughs> really, uh, really, you know, finding some obscure guy here. I don't know if you guys know this, but if you want to find a good cornerback, you usually have to draft him in the lottery. It's kind of right. There's only one Richard Sherman like that comes yep. around. Like it's these guys are all going to be lottery picks more or less. And that's Patrick Sertan. And uh, PS2 is 
uh, his second half of the year was he was doing veteran stuff. And that's what he looked like coming out of college was that he had a really savvy game to him. He understood modern rules of coverage of when to pass guys off, when to drop off, when to when he's matching with guys, just those match rules. And he's also a physical tackler, which is always a plus. Like he is a willing tackler. Um, it was a game against the Bengals. He brought down Joe Mixon one-on-one in space, which is saying something. Uh, and that's a, a corner drafted in the top 10. Those guys usually are okay not tackling. <laughs> They're like, hey, you know, you don't pay me to do this. You pay me yeah. to cover. Uh, but no, he's a willing willing to do that. But Sertan is just how A.J. Terrell this, this past year is in his second season ascended. I think the same thing. I think he ascended the second half of his first year as a rookie. And I think this next year it's going to be like, oh, my God, this guy's a star because it – Kind of national narrative is a year behind. It always just kind of seems that way. But he is he's going to have some name recognition with that. But he's a really, really, really good football player already. And he's only going to get better. Yeah, I saw a great graphic from PFF that had Patrick Sertan on there. And it was the wide receivers beneath him. Terry McLaurin, Tyreek Hill, Odell Beckham Jr., Jamar Chase. Zero combined yards when covered by Patrick Sertan. And they don't hide them. That's the thing. No. It's like they they like challenged him. It was cool. In the second half of the year, they're like, hey, you're covering this guy. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I guess, yeah. got him. <laughs> got him. I'll lock him down. No problem. Jamar Chase, yeah. the most electric rookie wide receiver we've seen in a half a decade. Sure, I'll take care of that guy. Uh, yeah. No problemo. But to speak to your point about A.J. Terrell, CB8 on the year. He was great. He yeah. was awesome. Tell me if you recognize these names. Kenny Moore, Trevon Diggs, oh, yeah. J.C. Jackson, Jalen Ramsey, Logan Ryan, the aforementioned Kyle Duggar, the cheat code and Xavier Howard. So weirdly enough, Nate, it's there is a translation between good NFL cornerbacks and good cornerbacks for IDP. And it's funny you mentioned the rookie thing with Patrick Sertain. There's a rule, kind of a general rule of thumb in IDP. And I know others would debate this that says target rookie cornerbacks in your drafts because those guys are going to get picked on kind of speaks to what you said. This is a tough position to learn to play. So rookie cornerbacks uh, don't always have, you know, the best debut season. So they can be a little bit of gold there for IDP. But um, yeah, I love this because we saw with AJ Terrell, especially late in the season, Addy, this was a player that entered that stratosphere of lock them into your lineups. Oh yeah. I mean, he was a guy that was basically winning leagues for, for a lot of people. Um, I mean, week 17, your championship week, he put up 30 points. Wow. Uh, but he had a lot of, he had, he had three games over 20 points this year. Um, but yeah, graded out really well on PFF, 82.7 PFF grade. So that's one of the better cornerbacks in the league as far as grades go. Um, but also I liked what he said about people are always like a year behind. Sertain also had a really nice finish, but, I, but he's not getting the respect yeah. in, in IDP. Denver's but again, next year. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be, yeah, people will be loving him. Yeah, Denver's sort of like a Carolina in that it was just, uh, you know, pretty ho-hum, not a lot of national mm-hmm. attention or spotlight, despite the fact this guy was a first-round pick playing really well at the back half of the season. Um, but I love that, Nate. This, these are guys that um, it's important to pay attention to. Cornerback's very replaceable, very streamable in fantasy, but you want to pay attention Addy made a great point this year of like, hey, locking a Kenny Moore and a Legereus Sneed into your two cornerback spots feels pretty good for IDP. That's two less positions you have to stream now each and every week. So uh, I love bringing this IDP or this uh, cornerback knowledge to the discussion here, Bobo. Yeah, I think, too, with Terrell, 
um, he has such a high floor that he's not going to lose you weeks in IDP. And the weeks where he gets a sack or a forced fumble or an interception, it's just icing on the cake. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, that we're going to see maybe change into next year is we saw Jalen Ramsey go into this new star role. And I think, honestly, even after the Super Bowl where he kind of got exposed by Jamar Chase a couple times, um, I think Jalen Ramsey plays better in that star role as opposed to the whole Revis-type cornerback where they just leave them on a number one receiver. But I think we're going to try to see some more NFL teams emulate that Ramsey star role um, with some of these cornerbacks. And Terrell might be the perfect type of guy to to, to play that type of situation. Um, but yeah, Nate, corners are funny, man. Um, you know, when you got one in the NFL, you need to be thankful. Yes, um, like cor- like quarterbacks. Absolutely. Yep. And then in, you know, IDP, um, corners are just, they're, they're maddening. They're really maddening. <laughs> they can be. They absolutely can be. So, Nate, you brought the thunder, and we are going to get you out of here on this, my friend. We've talked about some of these guys already, but just kind of a lightning round. I want to get your gut check to see from dudes that you've watched, dudes that you've you know had a chance to do some studying on, who of these three position groups would you feel most confident in going into 2022, taking that step into the next tier? Are you ready? Ready. All right, let's start with the defensive line. The aforementioned Patriots defensive tackle Christian Barmore, Colts edge rusher Quiddy Pay. Or Ravens edge rusher Odafe Owe. Who do you like most for 2022? I'm going to go with Owe, but that is a that's a fun group right there because we didn't talk about Pay at all either. And Pay was actually my sneaky under under uh, my dark horse for rookie of the year preseason. Yeah. Like that was like just odds wise, I liked it. Turned out uh, Michael Parsons deserved to be the favorite going <laughs> yes. into the year, which I yes, think we he all did. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah. And so but I, no, I think Owe just because what the flashes he showed in the second half of the year, he has way more upside than 99 percent of the league just because yes. of his traits. And he's in the perfect system to develop those traits, like as far as the team and, and surrounding. So I think he is the safest path in a weird way. Yeah, that's hey, the right choice, Bobby. Did you notice at all, Nate, that if it was a primetime game? Oa had a big play. It was like ah, one o'clock Sunday game. Oa's not going to do that much. Primetime Sunday night. Oa's going for two Six sacks. sacks. <laughs> you know, interception. He's a vampire. He just yeah, only can come Comes out, out at night. night. That's yeah, right. that's all. I he love can that. Do. We're gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna like... have to steal that. That's good. Guys who play better when the lights are on. That wouldn't be a vampire, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> you listen here. You need to stop overthinking this. <laughs> All right, uh, Addy, do you agree? I'm I'm with Nate that I think Owe is the one that I like best to have that yeah, breakout for I agree. 2022. He's got the most upside of the group. The the it's like you said, the Justin Houston's are getting out of the way. This is going to be his team moving forward. It feels even like. a new defensive coordinator, right? Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. That, yes, that absolutely. guy's been there for a bit. So, they need that. That defense has been bad. Yeah, yeah. Breathe some fresh life into that team. Hopefully, like elevate the defensive pieces there. I can, so I can see Owe maybe just. Stay with what he did this year. I think as far as moving forward, I think Quiddy Pay um, is probably the best Bilo right now because um, he kind of came on at the end of the year, but then Barmore too just really didn't put up that many stats. But I think Owe could have the same 
2022 that he had 2021. I don't so know that he'll take a big step forward. It's a good group, and I don't think you can go wrong with any of these oh, guys. Oh, you can go wrong, Josh. You can Time go bad wrong. <laughs> so let's do linebacker now, Nate. Browns linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, Cardinals linebacker Zayvon Collins, or Saints linebacker Pete Warner. Who do you like best out of that trio? Okay, okay. it's more, okay, I know I'm not going with Collins, but between Warner and JOK, my thing is JOK is a better player. The only thing with JOK is he's going to be hurt more. And it's just, it is what it is just because of his size. It's just, we've already seen it as a rookie, but I'm going to go with Warner. Just of, of not only because I want to conclude my points that I made earlier in the show. So I, I know how narratives work. So this is why I can't just also just flip on that. But I think just with Warner's situation that we brought up with Davis leaving, I think just as this defensive system they run, he's going to have more opportunities. JOK is going to be, they use him sometimes in that, what you're saying, the star role in the slot. They use him sometimes in the box. I still think they're trying to figure out the best way to use him. It's almost JOK is going to be hampered a little bit by being in the Browns standardized defense. Like if they were in a more creative defense where he could run around and do some more interesting things, I'd like him more because I like him as a football player more. But I'm going with Warner, but it's close. Warner or JOK, but I'm going to go with Warner. All right, Addy, Warner, JOK, or are you going saving Collins? I do love me some Zayvon Collins. But boy, that rookie campaign was rough. That's okay, though. It happens like that sometimes. That makes him a good buy low. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Zayvon. I think Zayvon's season is definitely approaching. So you're going to I'm going to also trademark that. Trademark that? Zayvon season? <laughs> Z-V-N-S-Z-N. There you go. Won't be confusing at all Catch for you. people to know what the hell you're talking about. Thank you, about. Nate. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll know it. You know, I'll see the hashtag. You know when yeah. you can click on the hashtag and see everyone that's used it. <laughs> and it's just that. There's like two <laughs> tweets. <laughs> just me. Just me. I mean, like week seven next year, I'll tweet it. And it'll just, it'll, yeah, it'll just be for us four. It's just a little inside <laughs> joke, everybody. You wouldn't get it. Yeah. All right. Bobo, I saw you were visibly upset. Are you more of a JOK okay, man? I some head shaking. <laughs> so I love Jacob Phillips. I think Jacob Phillips could probably hinder uh, JOK's IDP value a little bit. Um, so you're going Pete Warner then? No, or Zaven? We're going Zaven season, oh, baby. Oh wow, there's some oh, wow. Zaven sunk cost uh, bias right here. <laughs> I think it's there's true. more of an opportunity. <laughs> I think there's going to be more of an opportunity because I think there's a bigger probability that Jordan Hicks is going to be gone than there is the probability that Demario Davis is gone which then leaves Simmons and Zayvon Collins. And honestly, as far as IDP value is concerned, I think Zayvon Collins could be better than Isaiah Simmons because I think Isaiah Simmons is very similar to JOK because is he better in the star role? You know, we could rush him off the edge. He's great in coverage, but for IDP value, this is what we're talking. I'm, I'm, you know, I know Nate's probably responding in terms of, you know, actual NFL, you know, franchise player, but as far as IDP value is concerned, racking up tackles, rushing the quarterback, Hey, we're still on Zayvon season. Yeah, I feel like JOK versus Warner feels very much like Isaiah Simmons versus Logan Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. just like it. And for yeah. that, you would want Logan Wilson for yeah. IDP for IDP, right? So I, I think I yeah, back, Pete bro. Warner is. <laughs> I think what, what you all are banking <laughs> on is is if Zay if the lane is cleared for Zayvon Collins, if they finally figure out how to use this, they got. Guy, I mean, the, that lane's got to get cleared. Two first this round is picks. a first round Guys. pick. Yes. This is a bad look. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> you think they want to get him on the field just they to make to, themselves man. look smart as decision makers, but yeah, uh, he's got to help them out. He's got to meet them halfway to get on was, the field. Was they even a top ten pick? 
he was top he was, 15. Simmons was like, no, eight, maybe he I was think. like 16 or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think Collins was like, yeah, 16, 17, 18, somewhere there. And then Simmons was like nine or yeah. seven. Yeah, he was top 10 for yeah. sure. So they got to get these guys on the field. Um, I'm with you though, Nate. I like, I'm hinging mine a little bit on the DeMario Davis departure. I do think that is going to happen with the saints being in cap hell which just clears the lane entirely for Pete Warner. And I do worry about JOK's versatility and how they deploy him there in that linebacking group. So is is Hicks a free agent? Jordan Hicks? Uh, I don't think so. I believe so. Isn't he? I don't know. His contract. We'll double check. But um, let's move now to the DB group, Nate. And uh, this is a three pack of players we haven't really talked about. So I'm curious if you have any experience with these guys, who you're going to go with here, Titans cornerback, Elijah Molden, Brown safety, Grant Delpit, or Falcon safety, Richie Grant. Who do you like, Nate? Kind of like what I did with Zavin. I know I'm tossing out Richie Grant. All right. And because I don't think he's very good, oh, wow. <laughs> um, but okay. yeah, I know I'm pretty harsh on it. And again, I, it's just me in passing. There wasn't much uh Falcons defensive, like, Twitch streams that I did this year. Um, I do like how I, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry for all the Falcons listeners. Uh, but I do, I, I all three of you. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Grant, Grant Delpit. Uh, I, as far as a player, this is hard because this is Elijah Molden is more, again, it's passing when I watched him, but I do like him as a player. He did yeah. uh, the, the, some disruptive things and just how they used him was really cool too. So I'm going to talk about both sides of my mouth here, but also with Grant Delpit, it's this, situation type thing they want to use this type of guy um in the browns so i'm gonna go with him just because i think he's around the ball more just what they how they use him um but i really this is a toss-up for me but i know i'm not using richie grant <laughs> and i'm sorry is this where you guys come in and go we're both on richie grant and we're not uh, <laughs> well no <laughs> we're both on the same cause and not richie grant it's super interesting because Richie Grant was probably for most folks, the safety one coming yeah, out in last year's rookie class for IDP at least. And boy, I, I can't think of a lot of rookie campaigns that were more disappointing given the expectations than Richie Grant's and landing spot. You know, there's yes, not exactly. a lot around him. No, no Keanu. It was what yeah, like Harmon and yeah. Eric Harris. Just I think a bunch Eric of Harris. just Jags. Yeah. <laughs> right. So with the K there's no, yeah, there's no reason that, uh, that Richie Grant with no T, uh, <laughs> which always throws me get a T in there. Richie Grant, uh, should have had the disappointing season that he did. So no, my answer was not Richie Grant. And I was curious, like, is this dude just not good? Did he just have a bad rookie season where it looked like his head was spinning? Like what was going on? So to hear you say, I just don't think that guy is that good. Um, that gives me pause. I was actually going to say Grant Delpit because they have a looming decision with Ronnie Harrison as a free agent. Do they bring him back? What's that situation look like? We know John Johnson's there. We like him a lot. So uh, it's a weird group here that we picked, but I think that was for a reason was, which of these kind of dart throws do we like best, Daddy? And I'm going Grant Delpit. I'd probably go Delpit. Yeah. What do you think? I'm going to go Grant. Richie Grant? Ooh, I'm going to go Grant. say Grant because we got Grant Delpit <laughs> oh, yeah. and Richie Grant. You're throwing yeah, me I'm going to go Richie Rich. <laughs> Richie yeah. Rich? Yeah. Just because, right. again, the, yeah, I mean, draft capital still there. Opportunity still going to be there. Um, he played a lot of slot when he got an opportunity this past year. Um but yeah, I mean, I still I still believe. I we let's give him let's give him some time. And he's probably never going to be cheaper. 
Exactly right. So if you right. wanted to go buy him, he's probably out on your waivers. Yeah, he costs a third-round rookie pick. Now you can probably get him for a fifth. For a fifth, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, Baba, what about you? Speaking about talking about uh, talking out of both sides of your mouth, Josh, what was that you said about John Johnson? We really like him around here. Yeah, we like John Johnson. Do you not remember the Sode last season <laughs> the, where we talked about hit it? We still got it? No, I don't know where it is. You're I'm not like, that I'm guy, not, pal. I, you're not that guy. Dude, John Johnson's <laughs> trash. Especially down the stretch. He had some rough plays. But yeah, I think it's Grant Dale Pitt. I think that's the correct answer. I love his size. Maybe we could see him in the box a little bit more. John Johnson is not that guy. I'm glad the Rams let him walk. But um, yeah, that's the correct answer. Grant All right. Dale Pitt. Well, there we yeah, go. That, that Browns defense, it was going into this year, everyone was like, oh, man. This Browns yeah. team's gonna do this. And I was like, really? Really? Yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't really see it as much as other people, including mm-hmm. my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was kind of like, I was kinda, it was one of those I didn't have a hot take on it, but I, I was like, I think this defense is more middling. I don't know why everyone's expecting them to be this elite unit out of nowhere, but yeah. Clowny. I, I thought, yeah, I know. Clowny. Clowny and John Johnson. It's they the brought in some scene. big names. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Seriously. I mean, Miles Garrett's the obviously. Clowny Bob. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then you had Anthony Walker, Anthony right, Walker. from the Colts. So they they did the Bengals thing. It just didn't quite. Yeah. They didn't have they didn't have to Joe the Browns. Quarterback. To the Browns. Yeah. Dude. You got Baker and to Mayfield. answer the question we asked earlier, is Jordan Hicks on this uh, on this roster for 2022? Yes, he is under contract. But they would save six and a half million dollars by go. cutting. Let's him. get him out. Let's so, get him out. Let's get him out of there. <laughs> to answer your question, but Nate, you have we got been, a hashtag. We got to get out there. Yeah, we got like, yeah. a hashtag. <laughs> we got to get this movement started. So. What was it? ZC ZBN It's like the vision chart at the doctor. Read this vision chart. Yeah. Well, Nate, seriously, man, this was a lot of fun. We appreciate you so much coming on and giving us your take on some of these defensive guys. Uh, and uh, we'll see how these breakouts turn out. It's fun to just kind of speculate here, looking back on the season that was to help us look forward to the season that is to come. But uh, this was a lot of fun, man. We uh, yeah. we want to give the folks at home a chance to follow your work. Where can they do that? Oh, well, first off, thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I uh, had a couple of these guys I brought up last year as breakout candidates for 2021. So maybe if I just keep listing these names off every year, <laughs> one time, one of them will, they break will out, hit, they will, they will hit. Yeah. Uh, broken clock. That's my house sigil. That's why I say <laughs> I'm, I'm right twice a day, but it's, uh, you can find me mostly with those two right takes a day on, uh, Nate underscore Tice on Twitter. Um, then the athletic football show. Uh, we generally do the Sunday night shows after we recap the games, but now we're in the off season. Uh, you'll still hear us twice a week. We're going to start ramping up some draft coverage and free agency stuff. I do that with Robert Mays, again, an athletic football show. Uh, my sub stack is the silent count. I do college draft reports for Bleacher Report. We just had a big board come out a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I do offensive skill guys, which is very relevant for this show. And then I also do uh, Twitch streams, uh, uh, twitch.com or twitch.tv slash Nate underscore Tice. Um, nothing here right now, but I, I, I'm going to hope to do some of my quarterbacks where I'll just live watch them on the Twitch stream, maybe pick a random game. I don't know. We'll see. Just, just promise me it won't be the week 17 game of Trevor Lawrence against the Colts. <laughs> as long as it's not that Nate, we can still be friends. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame do you. That was, that was such an awesome game. I'm looking forward to you breaking that one down. Even yeah. If it breaks got, my heart. It's rookie quarterbacks. It, that's, that's the focus. It's rookie quarterbacks. It's not about the Colts 
disappointing <laughs> that cost them the playoffs and we now we had to watch the Raiders in the playoffs. <laughs> Everyone lost. We all lost except for Trevor Lawrence fans who get to watch him on Twitch. But Nate, we'll do this again, my friend. This was a lot of fun. Like he said, make sure you follow him on Twitter. Make sure you're listening to the Athletic Football Show. Go get your subscription. They are running an amazing deal right now over at The Athletic. So make sure you go check them out. Give them a subscribe on the site and a subscribe to the podcast. We will be back next week with episode two of The Big Nickel Show. We're going to be buying and selling IDP assets from the NFC. So make sure you check that out. It's going to be John Macri with our boy Evan Ronda. You do not want to miss that. And then after that, we are going to be doing a free agency primer for IDP with a very special guest that was actually mentioned on this show. So go back and listen if you want to try to figure out who we're going to have on that first week of March. But Nate, thank you again, my friend. Thank you to our patrons and our listener league participants. We love and appreciate y'all. And until next week, take us away, Sugar Daisy.